Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. And then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, we have children's ministry available for both services. And if you need to get more information on the church, you can go to calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, today we'll be in the book of Mark, chapter 15, verses 40 through 47. As we continue our verse-by-verse -verse study, the title of this sermon is, Are You Looking for the Kingdom of God? Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. He's going to lose everything. His position, his power, probably a lot of his financing. But it's also fulfilling the piece of scripture. In Isaiah verse 53 verse 9 it says, And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. And so there's going to be prophecy fulfilled as the rich man Joseph is going to give up his tomb that has never been used but he was a secret follower of Christ and there was a second secret follower of Christ that's going to come out as well in John 1939 Nicodemus also who early had come to Jesus by night came bringing a mix mixture of myrrh and alloys about 75 pounds in weight so we have to remember like one of the things I love is, is, is you can't hide, and this is very important for you to understand, if you're going to remain, the next thing you have to do is you have to be bold and be a follower of Christ. There's no secret agent Christians. You, you, you don't play Christ here and then go to work and not be a Christian. I, I, I know too many guys that have done that, and it's wrong. It's wrong. It's like you're, you're to be a follower of God wherever you go. Everywhere. And that's what we're going to see because Nicodemus and Joseph are going to be doing that from this point on. And they both lose their power because they're going to have to deal with the chief priests and the Sanhedrin and the, and the Pharisees. It's, they were all part of all of that. But I love what it says in verse 43. It says, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God. Looking for the kingdom of God. I love, that's where we got our title from. Are you looking for the kingdom of God? It, that, that word in the Greek actually means to fulfill, to be expecting the fulfillment of promises. You're expecting it. You know it's going to happen. That's like you, you know I've been promised I, I belong to Christ. I'm, this is, I, I'll die here, but I'm going to be in eternity. There's pro, I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm waiting for that. There's fulfillment of a promise in that. 
Simeon was actually was was waiting and looking as well. He was waiting for the fulfillment of the promise that he was going to see the Messiah before he died. In Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 26, it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He was waiting. He was looking. In Titus chapter 2, verse 13, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Are you waiting for the rapture? You should wake up every morning. Lord, if it's today, let's do it. But what happens is the church has gotten so comfortable in the world. I'm not sure how many of them would want to be raptured. They're kind of like, you know what, I kind of like where I'm at right now. I kind of like having the house and the summer home and all the other stuff. I got a boat, Lord. And, and, and so, sadly, the other side of that is, is you have the church that has treated the church as a bomb shelter. They're hiding in the church. They don't do anything to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't do anything to tell people, yes, there is a second coming of Christ. And he's coming to judge the world. They're just wanting to be raptured from the responsibility of doing the gospel. And that's something that's very sad. One thing to remember is that as Jesus told us in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You need to highlight that in your Bible. Or, or put a line under it or save it on your phone, however you have your Bible. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, to Christ. But then listen to what he says next. This is where we miss it. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am always with you to the end of the age. If I'm waiting for the promise, if I'm waiting for the fulfillment of God, I need to be ready to do the work of the Lord. Knowing that all authority has been given to Jesus Christ and He's given us the authority to go out and make disciples, but to teach them all that I've commanded. We miss that. To share the gospel. What did Jesus say at the very beginning of His ministry? In Mark chapter 1, verse 15, and saying, this time is, is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent. The church has forgotten what it means to tell somebody, you've got to repent. We're all sinners. We need a Savior. See, one of the things I love about Joseph is Joseph took courage. He took courage and went to Pilate for the body of Jesus. He took courage and, and, and to be bold like the Apostle Paul. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Do you get that? They're suffering. He's in prison. And they say, you know what? We're going to speak even boldly. We're going to have more courage and we're going to go out and we're going to share the gospel. See, Pilate was, un was angry at the Jews already. And he was unpredictable. He could have killed them. And here we have this Jewish man of the Sanhedrin asking for a favor. Standing out in boldness. 
not frozen in fear. We're supposed to be the same way with courage, to be bold for Christ. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 7, then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, in the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with his people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in the possession of it. We are to be bold. We are to be bold to say this is wrong. We are to stand with courage. Why? Because all authority on heaven and earth has been given to who? Our Savior. And we're hiding in bomb shelters of the church. We made these big, beautiful buildings and bomb shelters. Nobody wants to do any ministry outside the church. Nobody wants to stand and say, that's wrong. I'll give you something to stand about. Right off the bat. They try to, I, I even checked this to make sure this was a real story, even though Google said it was fake. It was not fake. There was actual, in Quebec, the College of Physicians actually recommended to parents that babies that are born with severe deformities should be killed. They actually met. And they actually had a committee, and they actually talked about it. And then Google tried to say, no, that's not true. Well, it turned up on The View the next day. And they talked about euthanizing deformed children that are born. That's wrong. Where's the church? You have all authority on heaven and earth given to you by Jesus Christ. Where's the church to teach them that's not right? What about Balenciago? The ads that came out with, with Balenciago, the, the, the clothing company that actually had pedophilia. Yeah, you need to look at this stuff. Y'all need to wake up. They actually had teddy bears in bondage with little girls in the picture. And if anybody paid attention and you look at the picture, right behind them is little dragons all over the picture with wine glasses in front of them. These are children, seven, eight-year-old kids in the photos. Where's the outrage? Who's going to stand up and encourage and say, you know what? What's being done about this? This is wrong. This, this, this is so obvious evil in front of us. You can't hide it. Where's the church? If we're going to stand and encourage, you know what's sad is it, when somebody actually said that's wrong, you know what? NBC. NBC said this. Uh, you can't say anything about Balenciago ad because it goes against the LGBT community. I didn't know the LGBT community is now pedophilia, and they're not. So they're trying to shut you up. They finally canceled the ads. It's, this is the world that we're, we're, we're turning over to our kids. And, and, and are we going to stand with courage? That's why he tells you to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what does he say next? Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. What are we doing? Look, I, I am, I'm not the type of person that's going to tell you to stand up, not unless God puts it on your heart to do it. Because if, if, if God has given it for you to do, then you'll do it. You're going to do what His will is. But there are going to be things that come up even in this little small town. And you think, well, no, that stuff don't happen here. It happens here. And you need to be able to take courage, and you need to stand up, and you need to, you need to take that step of faith and do what God's given you to do. 
That's why I love Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 9 says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Again, we have all these wonderful promises that, that say that Joseph says, was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. If, if you imprison me, guess what? There'll be other people that'll come and they'll be even more bold. Just like the Apostle Paul said. And the gospel will go out. See, people want a Jesus revolution, but they don't want to do the suffering. And what we're in right now is the suffering. We're seeing the sin of this world. We're seeing the decisions of this nation. And where are the Christians that are going to stand up and say, you know what, I have something that I need to say. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for all of us. We can see what is good and evil. It's black and white. There's no, you can't blur the line into gray. It's sin or it's not sin. And he tells you, I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore uh, to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous. Be very careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book, uh, the book of the law, shall not depart your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will have, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Jesus has all authority. And he's saying, look, I'm sending you out on that authority to teach them what I've commanded you. And what do we teach them? The Word of God. That's what tells us what we are and not supposed to do. And we're seeing our kids being offered up. We need to stand up. We need to stand up. I am not, man, I'll tell you what, I'm not for the transitional thing that they're trying to do with these kids. From male to female, that is absolutely wrong. And they're trying to sexualize your children at a very early age. And you need to be, as parents, wide awake to that. They're coming after your kids. Satan is coming after your kids. He's destroyed the marriages in the church. He's destroyed the families in the church. And now he's coming after the kids. We've seen bad witnesses in marriages. And that bad responsibility within the family. The family breaks down. And then what ends up happening is you end up eventually having kids that are searching for things and, and seeking attention. And so what, what's the quickest way to get attention? Well, I'm not going to be a man no more. I'll be a female. And I'll get all the attention. Guess what? You'll get all the attention you want. And it's wrong. But we have to stand up with courage. Joseph stood up with courage. See, very important that we, as we look at standing up is, is understanding that in order for you to know what the will of God is, you have to be in God's Word. That's, that's, that's the biggest problem with most people. Because if I'm in the will of God, I know when I need to stand up and do what God's calling me to do as a pastor. But that's the same for you. But when you're in disobedience, your view of God's Word is clouded. You have no clue which direction you're going. This is why being in God's Word and being obedient to what God is calling us to do is very important. You can stand up, but you're going to stand up looking like a fool because God's not called you to do that. 
You want to do it because God called you to do it. He's directing your steps. In verse 44, it says, Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died and summoned the centurion. He asked him whether he was already dead. Now, Pilate is surprised because most of the times you could have somebody on the cross for a few days. They'd be up there for a few days. And he's surprised because he thought there was something different about this man. He was innocent. He knew it. But he asked his centurion. He asked the centurion, he says uh, with him, has he already died? And when he had learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. Now, very important fact here. This is essential to understanding the death. The centurion cannot lie to Pilate. If he does, he will be killed by capital punishment. That was Roman law. That's why it's essential to understand that, yes, he died. Why is that important? He, he was crucified. He died on the cross. He was buried. And he was resurrected. Those are all essential. And understanding, like, for your foundation in Christ, those are essential for you to know. So you can explain it. But he granted the corpse. Now, he did that as a favor. And the, the, the Greek word for granted actually means to, to give as a gift, to bestow. And, and so to Pilate, he's doing this as, hey, I'm giving you this gift. We're done. He thinks he's done with Jesus at this point, and he's not. There's still a whole bunch of stuff that has to happen. And, and Mark doesn't really get into all the ceiling of the tomb and all that. But Pilate's going to have to deal with the religious leaders again. But in his head, he's thinking, if I give Joseph of Arimathea the, the body, I'm done with, with Jesus the prophet, it's over. So he gives them the body. Um, we, we, we're not given, and this is very important for you to understand in the context of Scripture. We don't know how he was taken down. We don't know who took the nails out. We don't know how the body got all the way from, um, you know, from the crucifixion to the, the tomb. It doesn't tell you all that. Okay? So don't assume that everybody knows that. So a lot of times what will happen is people will take these long-winded commentaries and there's no context to it here in Mark. So we need to remember that. Just, just have that in your head. So you, you, you remain, you request, and then you need to be ready. That's our last point is to be ready in verses 46 to 47. It says, And Joseph bought a linen shroud, and taking them down, wrapped him in the linen shroud, and laid him, in, laid him in a tomb, and that he had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled out a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Now Joseph was a man with money, and normally what they would do is they would reuse the tomb over and over. And so this tomb had never been used before. It was, it was specifically bought for Joseph. Now what they would do is they would put the, the body in the tomb and it wouldn't normally be a rolled, they wouldn't roll it, it would just be this flat piece of uh, concrete that they would have or, or cut out stone and they would just place it over the top of it to keep the animals out. And then as the body decomposed, they would take the bones out and then they would have a burial for the bones. And so this is a brand new tomb and, and it, it, it kind of gives us a little bit of insight of how important because... Uh, one of the things that's going to happen is as you look at the linen shroud and uh, the different steps that are going to be taken by Nicodemus, that they're following the law. They're following the Jewish law here. And, and Joseph was someone of money. To have that type of tomb cut out and never use it, 
To have a, a, a stone that rolled, that was a lot of money. And so he had, this man had a lot of influence, had a lot of power. 